Sebastian Noel. I don't know why I just did this, but Sebastian Noel. <laughs> How are you? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, yeah, we're good. Um, so just as a quick background, uh, Sebastian, I call you my guitarist uh, because to me, yeah, that's that's our relationship. Uh, you play guitar on my albums and, and at my shows. So I call you my guitarist and Jody, I call my producer and, and that's kind of like how I refer to you guys. But uh, you're not only my guitarist, you are in your own right, very accomplished musician. And, um, and actually when you sent me your bio, uh, you do start off as Grammy nominated, blah, blah, blah. And, um, and I thought I had read that somewhere like a while back somewhere. Um, and so when you sent that like, oh yeah, I wasn't imagining it. You were Grammy nominated. So let's kind of start with that. Yeah, I thought I have it some, oh yeah. What are you, look, what are you looking for? You want to know, know what a uh, Grammy nom nomination looks like? Ooh, nice this bag. If you're nominated, you don't win. I never, I never won anything, but, um, you know, if you're nominated <laughs> back that says Tiffany and then you get a little, I don't know, pin that says member of nominated group. Nice. So <laughs> that's what you get. So, Hey, but but it's it's still an honor to be nominated no i haven't uh i haven't had to sell those on on ebay yet so <laughs> uh, i got two of those so yeah i i you know it's it's not my own group it's with the group that i play in you know but uh i don't know it still looks good it's when i had to do all my um you know what it helped me with was the you know immigration stuff like green card and, and artist visa that kind of thing they, oh really they always they want to see stuff stuff like that but nobody nobody else ever ever well ever. i don't know about that i think there's there's still some street cred no uh are other musicians impressed if, if they know that you're grammy nominated or they no. don't care no okay Musicians don't care musicians only care uh, you know, how, you know, you care about the music, but you know, I don't know, maybe journalists, but hmm. yeah, well, somebody must have written about it because, um, I read it somewhere. I think it was, uh, I don't know, one of those times when I had to like, look up your bio for something. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, so I just kind of like Googled you, you know, it's amazing, like how much stuff that, oh, I remember now it was before our last, uh, last year's live stream event. Um, I wanted to have some background information on you and Jody, um, cause it was more of a sort of a talking kind of a show. And, um, and so I Googled you guys and I actually found out quite a lot of bit, quite a lot about you. There's this one particular bio where it kind of like goes back to your childhood and actually talks about like how you played the cello Sounds when you were 12 or something. And I think that's, that's when I found out like, Hey, you played the cello. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, oh, that's still out there. Oh, 
Oh, well, um, I used to have, I guess nothing ever goes away. No. And, and this podcast is never going to go away. Oh, yeah. This, 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 well, I, I kind of gave up on, uh, yeah. on that. But, you know, it's, I think when I first wrote a bio, I thought you have to write this long thing and, um, mm. you know, about everything. And you, oh, you know, they, they've gotten shorter and shorter. Uh, so, uh, which is good, but I did have one where I actually, yeah, I did mention the cello and I think I mentioned my, my grandfather who was like a Bach research, uh, a musicologist. And I, I, I had yeah. this whole, like wrote about the history of my family. <laughs> yeah. There was a lot of, quite a lot about your family in there. Right. I don't, yeah. I don't remember all the details. Actually, I, I'm a bit, um, you know, I have this. Lately, I've been having these like uh, conflation of memory. Like when I remember things, like I conflate uh, details and stuff. I actually did know that you played the cello quite some time ago. That's why we started including cello tracks on some of the oh, yeah, songs. That's right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it wasn't last year. That's when. I, yeah. So I don't know. I don't know when I found out. Yeah. yeah. Maybe I'm just stalking you. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's good that somebody remembers because I don't. I don't remember these things sometimes. Yeah. Um, yeah, that bio. I think that must be at least like 15 years old, if not more. When did I move here? 2002. I moved to New York, and I felt like I had to have a bio. So yeah, that's that's probably around the time when I wrote this. Yeah. 18 years ago. Um, and and we met like what 2015 I think. Mm -hmm. So it's been a while. Uh, yeah. 2021. Um, so what is that? Six years. Yeah. The yeah the cello I w I hadn't played for a long time and then um, I got one a couple of years ago. Um, and you mean the instrument? You got one the instrument. Yeah. Ago. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Maybe six, seven years ago, and um, I actually during the pandemic I've played it quite a bit, which has been fun, and I uh, I fixed it. I spent some time like really adjusting it, and uh, yeah. So that's I've actually been playing almost daily. Um, nice. So I I I kind of make the rounds and play a. Uh, play the tabla and the sitar and um, the cello and I play a bit every day. So that's kind of been keeping me sane. So is that what your routine looks like? Um, like when you wake up, you spend a few hours sort of going through all your instruments, playing them for a bit. Like, what does that look like? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah. I don't have a I don't have a strict routine, but um, I usually work on the guitar during the day, and then at night I play um, I play the other instrument. That's just how how it works out. I don't know. I want to feel like I'm um, making progress on my main instrument, and um, then you know the other the other things are more like hobbies. You know, I'm not expecting to be proficient mm. and make you know make a living playing those, but um, since there was not much else to do last year, uh, 
that was great perfect you know perfect time to get into that and uh, you know they've been good companions it's it's kind of uh, humbling to learn a new instrument it's it's um, you know you learn a lot about um, it's been so long ago that I started on the guitar that you know there's some basic um, lessons about how we learn that you tend to just take for granted so you know I was just uh, at like two days ago at my my guru's house in, in uh, Coney Island uh, you, you know studying with uh, a sitar player from India and he um, he just showed me something you know like a melody and um, and then uh, and said um, let's okay now we played four uh, five hundred times and I, I thought I didn't hear right. I was like, he can't possibly have said 500 times. He probably like, probably meant to say 50 times or 15 times or something. And um, we start playing and he goes past 15 and he, he just sits there counting one, two, and you know, you play the whole thing. And then 50 times, now 100 times, and I think maybe he meant 100 times, but no, we sat there playing playing that melody 500 times, which took about, you know, 45 minutes. And, um, you know, he just sat there counting. And uh, and it's, it's just something I rarely do these days on the guitar, that I just play something over and over. But it's really the best way to learn. You know, I often, I play, I might play something you know five times and and if I can play five times and put it away and say like, oh yeah okay I can do this um, but yeah you know so in that respect it has really uh, informed my guitar playing too and um, you know also the way I teach you know I do a little bit of teaching uh, a little more during the pandemic um, so yeah so that's been that's been a nice uh, you know, side additional side effect. Yeah. Wow. Uh, what made you p decide to pick up the sitar? Uh, I've always wanted to do it. I've always, uh, you know, been into Indian, Indian music, North Indian, South Indian too. But um, yeah, it's just something I've always wanted to do. Um, when I went to NEC in in two thousand in Boston, NEC, I, uh, New England Conservatory. Okay. Oh, that's where. School. I went to grad school there. Got it. Boston. So uh, I took some classes, some courses, and um, in Indian music, mostly theory. There was not a lot of playing. It was very theoretical. I remember. Um, the guy was actually a sitar player, but I didn't at that time. I just wanted to get more into jazz, deeper into. Actually, not only jazz, but there was such a great uh, faculty there that I, I didn't, you know, it was just it was just a lot, you know. But I did take uh, classes in Indian music, and then um, since then I've been just I've been playing a lot with Indian mu uh, musicians and, and just getting into it mm. on the guitar. So um, there is another great instrument that's called the sarod, which mm -hmm. is uh, 
basically, uh, <laughs> I mean, it's sort of like, a, um, um, looks a little bit like a banjo. It's like a fretless banjo, you know, roughly, roughly, more or less. So I took one of my guitars and I pulled out the frets and I glued on a metal fretboard. Uh-huh. Actually, no, you can't call it a fretboard. There are no frets, but fingerboard. Um, and um, because the, the Sarod has a metal fingerboard, right? It's metal. It's not wood. Um, so I like, built my own Sarod guitar. And then I realized you really, you have to have nails on your on your left hand, whereas on the guitar you can't have na you can't have that. You know, you gotta cut your nails. It doesn't work. So for the sarote to slide around on the metal board, you have to have longer nails oh. on the left hand. So okay, I ditched that. It was like okay, that you know. Like that doesn't really work long term. So and then I was like, okay, let me get a sit off. Or maybe you could play it like every three days. You know, let your nails grow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> play I one know. day and then cut it. <laughs> I've tried. I've tried. I tried. I tried everything. I even bought these um, nail extensions that you can pop on and um, you know. Oh yeah. They're like plastic nails, but you yeah. don't have the control and it's kind of wobbly and yeah, it wouldn't work. It's um, so that didn't work. And then I tried to have like an in-between stage where I, nails were not really long, but a little longer, but it no, it was, it was just, yeah. Um, when I played guitar, it would get in the way. So my nails are extremely short all the time. <laughs> I, That's I can't, good on one hand, but you know, for the other hand, you need nails, right? I know, and I, I really should learn how to use, it, you know, play with a pick. Uh, that that would be the way to get around it. Um, but uh, I haven't done that yet. But no, I have. I've always had this thing where, like, I can't. You know how, like, when your nail starts growing, it starts getting white at, on the edges. Um, yeah. To me, that's too long. It feels too long. Like. It feels it feels like there's something like I don't know like I for some reason I need to be able to feel things like through the tip of my fingers. If I can't, then it feels um, it feels I don't know it feels I don't know how to describe it. It just feels weird, and so I have to constantly cut it. So when you play a show, you do you use a pick at all? No, no, I just I just yeah. So you play with the uh, with your fingertips, not with your nails. If I'm if I'm picking, yes. If I'm picking, I'm picking with my fingertips. And oh. if I'm strumming, then on the down strum, I am strumming with with my nails. Um, okay. Right, the back of my nails. And when I'm strumming up, I'm strumming up with my uh, either my fingertips or my thumb. And that's it. Mm. Yeah. 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 So what's is that you don't like the asymmetry if you have nails on one hand and No, know. I just don't like the feeling of long nails. I've always been that way. Even you know, even as a child, like I can't stand that feeling of like having long nails. So I, I've always cut it short. So you're hard like there's hardly a day where you actually see the white. 
on the fingernails. Yeah. Yeah. As soon as it start, I start seeing white, I have to cut it. Mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, yeah I, I used to, in Boston, I used to live with a, uh, a classical guitarist who also studied at NAC. Um, and he, yeah, I mean, if you think I am obsessing about nails, that guy was, it was just another level. A classical guitar <laughs> is, you know, uh, really hard to, uh, you know, you don't, you're not mic'd or anything. You're playing mm -hmm. concert hall. You need strong nails and you want a beautiful, warm, round tone, right? So he would, he would glue these layers of silk paper, really thin silk paper on, on his nails to make them thicker. So it was this whole ordeal. He spent these two hours, he would walk around the, the apartment like this the whole time yeah. on one layer of silk paper and then and had to dry half an hour. And he would do that five times until his nails were like two millimeters thick. Yeah, but it yeah. was all paper and glue. And then he would file them all day. It was, it was, I felt bad for the guy, but he got a beautiful sound. I mean, that's how you do it, you know? Oh, wow. And yeah, it's crazy. I, you know, I mean, I didn't realize I mean, classical um, guitar, the nail, uh, you know, how you have to shape your nails, care for your nails is, is pretty intense. Hey, um, but, you know, can, I do. Yeah. Sorry. Can ahead. you? Yeah, I think that that distance is good. Like when you lean back, it's sometimes hard to hear you. Like the okay. mic. Yeah, the mic is not picking up clearly. Oh, I see. All right. Yeah. Um, no, that distance is good, I think. Okay, yeah, like, keep, just uh, keep reminding me if I... If I yeah, okay. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, that's crazy. So it would take him, what, basically the whole day to get ready for a concert. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, it, it's, it's, it was... Uh, it was pretty humbling, I mean, to see that, you know, that level of... Um, I mean, you just want it to be perfect. Mm. Oh, I mean, I can I can relate to that if there's anything in the way of, uh, you know, I mean, I if I'm not if I'm playing with my fingernails and they're not exactly the right length or, um, you know, or let me let me put it, um, let me approach from the other side. So if they're actually perfectly, um, if they're filed and polished and everything, it just, you know, just feels feels great. You know, and I'm yeah. not I'm not that obsessive about it, but I realize like, whoa, okay, this is how it should, always should be, and then you know, but I I can't I can't do that every day. I can't um, sit there. And file you don't. Yeah, you don't always play with your. Do you always play with your fingernails, or do you also use a pick sometimes? I use a pick more than fingernails. Okay. Yeah, I use a pick. I you know, uh, but you know sometimes for chords and finger picking or what, what not. I use the fingers a lot too. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's still important, you know, to, to have, have the nails a certain way. Um, um so does it, does it matter like the type of guitar you play in terms of like, whether you pick, um, whether you use a pick or, or just use your fingers, like, uh, acoustic steel string acoustic as opposed to your jazz guitar as opposed to I don't know how many different kinds of guitars do you have 
<laughs> yeah. So you 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 know you got it pretty much. You got it. You got it right. You know, steel string acoustic, nylon string acoustic. Oh, you have nylon string acoustic also. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. and then uh, you know, elect various electric guitars of different kinds. I mean, jazz. Um, yeah. Well, what's usually you know people call it jazz guitars like a hollow body electric with an arch top and then you have the solid body electric and then you know for like rock or metal or you know anything mm -hmm. that's you know and then you have semi hollow guitars so yeah i have a bunch of those that's those are actually my favorite so they're kind of a little bit acoustic but you can still rock out on them and they're like yeah they they're they're hollow but they have a solid block of wood in the middle um yeah which guitar is that again it's a solid it's a it's a, a semi-hollow semi-hollow is... semi-hollow like um like a es335 dick gibson okay. 335 or I don't know if you you know it's it looks like it's kind of hard to you know i mean like this I, you know this is i just have to see this is a ah solid. yes yes it's like it's it's solid in the middle and then it's hollow on the sides and um yeah it's kind of um good for anything I'd like it's really versatile and um, so those those kind of guitars I I play mostly. Um, that's electric though, right? It's yeah, electric. electric. Yeah, I mean you can get you know I can you know in a room or for a lesson I can play it acoustically and it's still um, it's still louder than a solid body, but it's yeah it's electric and um, you know on a concert I yeah you have to plug it into an amp. Yeah. Yeah um just out of curiosity how many guitars do you have uh it changes but you know around 15 maybe okay Sometimes, um sell one or buy a new one and um you know it kind of depends what you count as a guitar <laughs> you know is that a guitar that's a banjo so i count i'm counting you know bass banjo all of you know i have a i have a bass okay. i see banjo you know and then the sitars and i have a you know shamisen so they're they're yeah i mean about 15 guitar like types yeah okay well yeah then that that's not so excessive if it was just 15 jazz guitars well i don't know i mean you're a musician so it's even not that. yeah thank you for saying that i i've gotten uh definitely, <laughs> you know the the verdict of some other people's uh more on the excessive um side but i i um you're right i mean guitarists i i have it's 15 is not a lot for for somebody who's you know been playing that's what they do all their life and i have i have i know a lot of guitarists that have you know twice as many or more mm. um but i yeah i try to uh justify my um you know there's a there's a there's a practical function for each one of them. I like to tell myself. I have some that I just travel with, and others uh -huh. just stay here. And 
some that I, I just, you know, if I need to go somewhere and just it's a party and or something and I want to, you know, I want to be able to just throw it in a corner and then have a couple drinks and not worry about the guitar. So, so, you know, I mean, they all have their, their place and they all, they all yeah. do get played. You know, I feel bad if I have one that, that just never gets played. I wouldn't, that wouldn't feel right, you know, and some oh. people, they, yeah. That no 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 that that's funny. So so you do actually make your rounds. You you do make sure like they're all played at some point. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I I yeah, definitely. I mean, I have uh you know, sometimes I have a uh a steady gig and I, you know, sometimes uh I mean, not always, but um I leave a, an instrument there so that I don't have to bring it every time, you know. That kind of thing or um, I travel with it and I want to be able to um, not worry on the plane so yeah and sometimes I realize oh that I have this guitar that, that hasn't gotten played in years and I you know like restring it and then make that my main guitar for 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 a while and um, it's just fun. It's just, you know, it's inspiring too to have a different instrument. Mm -hmm. If I kind of, if I get stuck and I can't uh, somehow, I can't get inspired by, you know, from within and I, I take a different instrument, mm. sometimes that helps. Often that, you know, it just like gets me thinking in a different direction so that's there's there's another justification for having. yeah um because like every instrument it each one feels different sounds different even looks different to me at least yeah yes yes it, of course I mean, yes it's more for myself and um uh you know if i have five hollow body semi hollow body guitars that might not for you know for for other people you know, they might not really uh, hear the difference as much, but, you know, for myself, I, I yeah. they have a different character and I, I get inspired in a different way. Right. So, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, if you that. think about it, like an artist, you know, making the difference between uh, like ochre yellow and I don't know. Daisy yellow, yeah, right, or something. Yellow. Well, those are actually two very different yellows, but yeah, um, like you know, the difference between like indigo and violet. <laughs> yeah, they're both purple. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but slightly, slightly. I actually don't know what the difference between those two are, but uh, <laughs> but you know, they're like the slightest difference in shade sometimes makes a difference in terms of like. Um, what texture, what um, like depth it brings to you know a painting, and um, yeah, and same thing like different instruments. They have like they may be slightly one might have a slightly warmer sound, one might have a slightly brighter sound, or you know or whatever. Um, and as a musician, like you are very sensitive to that. You know, like I wouldn't be able to tell the difference. Um, I can tell the difference between uh, what I call the jazz guitar and an acoustic guitar and an electric guitar, <laughs> but like categories of guitars, but you know, anything beyond that, no. <laughs> yeah, 
that's the that's really the main thing you know the rest yeah. i mean um the weight actually is a factor too oh yeah how so, why well i mean if i play a four hour gig on a really heavy guitar uh, it sounds amazing you know yeah i don't i've i just you know i'm feeling it afterwards and uh you know i need to uh you know like get out the foam roller and roll around and try to you know uh my shoulder you know definitely um you know notices that so uh yes yeah i have you know i have some lighter weight guitars and you know i actually i don't know maybe it's like an age thing the older i get the more <laughs> actually i love lightweight guitars it's just oh that feels so great you know to, to play and also it's not just the playing but just the, the carrying around and the walking yeah. to a gig with the guitar on your back and an amp in the bag with uh pedals you know it's, so um it's like a real new york thing you know like you want to minimize everything minimize the weight the size size is another thing you know yeah yeah but guitar a little smaller a little lighter um it's really you know at the end of the day you feel you feel that you know you know um one type of musician i'm always impressed by whenever i see them like lugging their instrument through the subway is a upright bassist <laughs> yeah yeah that is a monster of an instrument to be carrying around and yet they do oh yeah <laughs> yeah yeah they they you know i mean they have their everybody has their way of dealing with it you know there's a lot of uh you know um physical aspects to being a musician so uh i know i know a fair amount of bass players they just have to work out and stay in shape just to be able to carry that thing around which you know it's not a bad thing but they they're like like you know i have to do my push-ups and do my you know so so i can actually um carry this thing around so that that actually that kind of makes sense yeah so i guess you wouldn't like uh you don't see too many like small statured people playing an upright bass you kind of need to be tall and you know have yeah. some or, or or just strong you know if you could you can i mean there are people that are small yeah. and stocky and like or what's the word like they they have uh, uh you know there are some arm strength and uh, um i mean it's it's wait yeah. how tall is the upright base like from top uh, like up to the top it's like but, seven feet maybe i mean it yeah. depends if you have three quarter size or full size okay so there are different sizes okay i don't know maybe yeah. maybe between i don't know like yeah around seven, seven right feet. so you can't like if you were five feet tall like somebody i'm barely over i'm slightly over five feet for me to play an upright bass it would be kind of difficult because i would have to be always like reaching um you know yeah, i mean you would definitely uh, uh well, I mean, if you extend your arm as high as you can, how tall would you? You would be like seven feet tall, right, with your arm up. So as well, long as you more than seven, the maybe. top of the base, you could you could do it. You could technically do it. You just like you know, 
it's you need some stamina it's it's just like yeah. you can't get tired if you raise your hand up here and you hold it for five minutes you know it's you're gonna feel it right so right yeah since you have an advantage if you're taller for sure yeah but um i mean that doesn't mean that there aren't um bass players that are uh, less than six feet that definitely is doable yeah. and just need to be you know <laughs> to be physically able to do to do that but you know i mean that's that's true for a lot of instruments in different ways like if you play the tuba you just need the lung capacity you mm -hmm. know you you need to do your breathing exercises you can't be smoking you know so so there there are different physical requirements to playing playing an instrument um you know yeah i i was gonna say that um too that um that whatever that it's not just about uh, playing, but having the physical stamina and endurance and and all that and the strength to keep playing it. Yeah, um, yeah, especially if you're performing, um, you know, on stage where, like, you know, you're you're there doing this for hours. Depend, I guess, depending on how long, you know, the yeah. concerts are. But um, but yeah, so I think we kind of like really got into the weeds of this whole, you know, thing. Uh, let's actually talk about music. So um, you're you would describe yourself mainly as a jazz guitarist. Yeah, or, I mean, or, that's what I'm drawn guitar. to. Yeah. No, I, I I'm I'm to, I'm not one of those who's, who's like, don't put a label on me. I, I'm fine with jazz guitarist. I it's it's you know it's the music that i'm most drawn to and uh, you know my interpretation of jazz is my definition of jazz is is uh kind of wide reaching and some other people have maybe a more narrow for them jazz means like in the tradition of the you know mm. the jazz greats but you know for me it, it means a mix of it can be a mix of styles it can be uh you know innovative and all that stuff, but yeah, I'm 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 fine with jazz guitarists. Yeah, or guitarists, uh, or either way, you know. Um, I would, you know, it's yeah. If you ask me, I would. Um, depending on who's asking, I would sometimes say guitarist, sometimes say jazz guitarist. You know? mm -hmm. Um, I mean, but I I'm I know that you you do play in uh pretty much all genres um i i don't know that is there any genre that you don't play or can't play <laughs> i'm kind of thinking i don't play uh you know i don't play uh them equally well i don't know anybody who well i mean there's maybe a handful of players but you know classical i would certainly wouldn't uh give huh. a classical recital, you know, but uh -huh. I mean, do I play classical guitar? Yeah, sure. But, um, you know, I mean, it's, I wouldn't charge money for, for people to come see me play a classical solo guitar recital, you know, I would play, you know, if, if somebody asks, do I play and, you know, would I, as part of an ensemble or kind of, uh, you know, sometimes, sometimes somebody wants, I don't know, it's, it's, it's more of a, of a background music kind of 
classical vibe. You know, mm -hmm. I've done I've done that. You know, but um, yeah, I I can I can sort of give the impression of a classical guitarist. Country is a pretty pretty deep um, tradition too. Where I, yeah, I mean, the whole Nashville thing. I mean, it's, there's some really insane um, players in that scene. So I. You know, I wouldn't. I would say to a certain degree, I can. I can fake a lot of styles, but but you know anything pop, rock, you know I, jazz. Uh, I can. I can. I'm. I'm folk. totally. Yeah. Folk. You know, uh, totally comfortable with, uh, metal to a certain degree, but oh, again, yeah? it's like metal is such a. You know, it can get so technical and so. Huh um you know so i can't you know i can't compete with somebody who does that full time but yeah i would you know i love playing um metal and that's how i started out i just Wait. haven't kept up with the with the you know develop you know development what style. what you started out as metal yeah yeah i mean most guitarists start out playing um well, for also, I grew up in the '80s. You know, I mean, you can't get around metal. You were either, you were either like hip hop or metal. You know, and if you play guitar, you know, <laughs> there's not a lot of guitar and hip hop, so uh, you're metal. You know, so it's, I don't know how it was in the states, but in Germany, um, those were the options. So you know, oh, it was like, and then there was grunge and Nirvana and um, yeah. uh, Pearl Jam. I mean, that was. Cool. I mean, that was when actually uh, metal became cool. You know, before that, it was just like kind of nerdy and beer and smelly and like you know ugly shirts and all that. You know, and um, uh, you know all just yeah. But I, you know, I was into uh, you know the big bands, Metallica. And, that kind of thing. I was young. I was fifteen, and um, you were belling, and um, you play guitar. So you know that's what what you do. And then I had a band in high school, and uh, when was it a metal band? Yeah, straight up metal oh, band. Okay. You know, punk, punk metal kind of. Uh, really, you know, long hair and and weird. We we should we should do we should make one of my songs punk metal. <laughs> okay, yeah, I mean, uh, you got to do something with your voice on that too. I know. I know. I, to, I'm uh, gonna. I'm gonna. I don't think I have a punk metal voice, um, or is it just basically screaming? <laughs> not necessarily. It's funny. Yeah. I, I went to a workshop by the. Uh, 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 Steven Tyler, who was, was the singer of Aerosmith once, mm -hmm. and he was doing, he was demonstrating how he can sing with a, you know, really aggressive sounding voice without effort. So he could just change it on the spot between huh. like a really sweet, natural singing voice and the more aggressive one. And he said he figured out a way how to how to make it sound like you're really straining, but you're not, you know, you just, there's a way to, to do it because otherwise, you know, I mean, every, every rock singer, they would, you know, 
shred their their uh, vocal yeah. cords to pieces after a, a week of singing like that, you know. So it's actually not. It sounds more um, aggressive than it, or abrasive than it is. So yeah, you can you can do it. You can you do some research and. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna have to do that because uh, you know we have that live stream thing coming up, and so. Um, yeah, so we have this live stream event on the 21st, and so I'll be uh, with Sebastian and Jody. Uh, uh, we'll be sort of tinkering with some of my unfinished songs, and um, and they don't know what the songs are yet because uh, I'm still kind of working on them. I'm still actually like in the middle of composing some of them. I have like some ideas down and, and all that. Uh, when you know, uh, well, Gomer, that's a song like, actually, you don't know what that song sounds like because I, even I don't know what it sounds like. So yeah, that's going to be interesting. We're going to have to like tinker with that or something. Maybe that's the punk uh, metal one. Sure, yeah, that'd be fun. We should just like be like a musical jukebox and you just change our style on the spot. You just like, okay. <laughs> what's, what's like a good, what, um, a good rock voice that you like like a female rock singer that you you think sounds like something you would want to sound like you know that i don't know that's a good question um trying to think the, i mean the, so when you say rock you mean like rock not pop right uh yeah like rock metal punk you know i mean yeah. like the band heart right you know, do you know Heart? That, that was yes, yes. Seventies band, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's sort of like hard rock, you know. Yeah, uh, kind of like Joan Jett. She's, she's yeah, kind of rock. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, something like that. Wow. And, yeah, you know what? I never really got into rock that much, or definitely not, definitely not metal or punk. Not really. Yeah. Um. I was really into actually, so I'm 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 a little bit older than you, so I kind of cross in terms of my growing up, you know, uh, age or coming of age period, crosses over between seventies and eighties, and um, and I really sort of gravitated toward the seventies more than the eighties. You know, I mean, I did grow up with uh, 80s music like Madonna and, you know, The Police, Cyndi Lauper, U2, mm -hmm. all those guys. Um, but, um, but it wasn't necessarily music like I sought after. Like, you know, if, if it plays on the radio or it plays at a party or whatever, it's fine. And so I, I do have nostalgic feelings towards 80s music, but but the music I really sought after were the 70s and 60s uh, stuff. Mm, mm -hmm. um, like The Grateful Dead, The Doors, uh, Mamas and Papas, um, and all the singer-songwriter people like John Denver and um, Simon and Garfunkel, all those guys. Um, yeah. yeah, so so yeah, it's kind of, um, and, I, and I think even when I write songs, I think I kind of lean back to sort of that kind of style. I think it's my comfort zone though. Like I'm trying to kind of like come out of that a little bit, but um, I'm having a hard time doing that. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, um, it's, I don't know. I, I was just thinking it's, it's a little different for me in terms of um, 
you know, continuity. I came to jazz a little later when I was maybe, you know, late teens, early 20s. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, by that time, I had already played the guitar for a number of years and been into music for, you know, for 10 years and more through my um, parents, through my dad, you know. So I was uh, already into, yeah, you know, Simon Garfunkel, Bob Dylan, Beatles, when yeah. I was my, you know, uh, pre-teens. And um, now Beatles. I feel like... Beatles I never got into until like maybe fairly recently. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. it's weird. You know, I feel parents are... Are a big uh, factor in that, you know. I mean, everybody who I talk to who's into Beatles is like, yeah, my dad, my parents had those records around, or my dad was listening to it in the car when we were driving, you know, to visit grandma in in, in Massachusetts or something. Um, and it was the same for me that you know, uh, in Germany, my we would listen to that in the car, and, mm. and you know, that's the music I was exposed to, and. Uh, you know, the classical stuff they listened to wasn't cool enough, so um, I gravitated to, uh, to you know, the more folky, uh, poppy stuff. Mm -hmm. So, you know, for me that is, that feels like home too, you know, today if I um, mm. want to tap into that, uh, it's not, it's not necess necessarily jazz. Um, you know, so, so it's, it's fun for me to go back and reconnect with that. Um, but there isn't that, that continuity that I always, you know, that's what I was into when I was a kid and, you know, that's what I've been doing and that's what I mainly do now because I used to love it as a kid. I, you know, I went, I sort of took a left turn. Yeah. And, um. And I'm still discovering new stuff, you know, I'm still really into checking out new stuff and um, seeking out things that I didn't know about and I haven't played before and haven't thought about before. So that's still, that's a big part of my musical life, um, as well as going back and reconnecting with my roots. How old were you when you decided that music is going was going to be your career? Um, maybe after high school. Hmm. Um, eighteen. I you know that's sort of when you you have to make some kind of decision. You know, before in high school you don't even you don't really have to think about it. You know, I wasn't really seriously thinking about. A job or making a live or what you know you just have fun you play music I mean I played a lot of music with friends but you know yeah when you're done with high school you're like oh you know parents breathing down your neck and you have to make some kind of decision and um, I um, how did that happen so you have to do some kind of service in the in Germany. So I did work at a hospital for a year and a half. So is that after high it. school? After high school, you have to do yeah, some after service. High school. So okay. yeah, so I guess I didn't even have to really decide until like 19. Oh, wait, so is that kind of like, um, 
kind of like in lieu of like military service kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, right. So you can also, you know, go through the military, but, you know, of course, none of us wanted to do that, you know, certainly not in my family and and not my circle of friends. I, I did have some, some, you know, classmates who actually did go to the military. Um, and it's a little, you serve, you know, a shorter amount of time. If you refuse, you know, you have to write a letter why you refuse and uh, then they can, um, they accept it or they deny it and then you, you still have to go to the military. Mm. But, um, you know, then you have to work at a hospital or something like that for a year and a half. Oh, okay. So you had to go through that. You had to tell the government like, hey, I don't want to go through the military. So that's yeah, why. right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. First, uh, yeah. First you do a physical test and then, you know, most people hope already that they're sort of like deemed unfit to serve. Um, which actually I didn't um, hope for because uh, I didn't know what to do. So I was like, I'm fine with, you know, doing a year of working. You get paid too, not a lot, but sure. you, know, you get you get free room and board. You live at the hospital and you they feed you and you get some pocket money. Uh, man, it was the best time of my life. We, you know, it was we were it was right in the center of the city, and we were out partying every night, <laughs> and then um, you know, like showing up up at the the hospital, like completely, like you know, no sleep, and yeah, it was pretty crazy. Yeah, but um, you were like eighteen and nineteen, so yeah, you could handle it. <laughs> yeah, somehow we, yeah, we somehow we we got through it i mean the other thing is they can't fire you because you're you're there because you have to you know yeah you kind of feel like i can get away with anything so you know um did you play during that time or did you did you have to like give it up for a while uh no i was playing i was playing i mean you have to, i mean you're working full time in hospital so um it's pretty demanding but yeah i was playing in bands uh, i was touring a little bit um hmm. but i only you know when that ended um i got serious about practicing so i actually uh stayed at the hospital i mean i kept living there i just paid them <laughs> i paid them i think i paid them 50 dollars per month to let me stay there and just live there in that room which is usually reserved for the people that work there, but um, they kind of it was it was crazy. They 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 were gonna tear down the building and build a new one, mm -hmm. but they kept delaying it. So there was this empty building, and I just paid them fifty dollars, and then a bunch of my friends moved in. There was this empty building, and 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 I think they did it under the table that one. One guy working at, uh, in the administration of that hospital, we just under the table each paid them fifty him fifty bucks, and he probably pocketed that money to stay in this building that was supposed to be torn down. But they, you know, it was still there for like That's two years. That's so funny. <laughs> so a bunch of my friends moved in, and we just partied. You know, oh man, it was great. But at that time, I um, I was I started um, seriously practicing and and you know i was the they were you know they were not happy they were like they were mad at me for not you know i i, I started 
skipping, you know, I didn't go to the clubs anymore, I stayed home practicing. They're like, oh man, you used to be so cool. And uh, they got, I, I, you became, you I became one, a nerd. Yeah. I became a jazz nerd. Yeah. They, like, one of my um, best friends, he, I, he got pretty angry. He was like, we used to be so cool. And oh man, you know, you just, staying at home and playing the jazz stuff and now know. say that in german because i'm sure he said it in german what in german what your friend said uh because i'm imagining it would yeah. kind of sound worse <laughs> uh oh yeah because of all the yeah i okay it's hard for me to switch let me see oh yeah uh, Yeah, it's I, I Sorry. can't. Okay. I, I yeah. Can't do a no, good impression sorry. right now, you know. <laughs> it it, it kind of has to be in Germany, or there has to be. Uh, you know, it's funny if there's other if, Germans if, around. Yeah. If the German in the room, I can tap into it, and I can totally switch and be. You know. No, I I totally understand that because I'm like that too. Like, if you were to put me on the spot and say, "Hey, say something in Korean," like, I don't know, what do I say? But if there was another Korean in the mix. Like, you know, like it would be yeah. easier for me to switch. Yeah. Yeah, it would just come out weird if, if you, you know. Yeah. If you speak German and nobody, nobody understands it. It's just, but it's, it's funny. I, you know, I can definitely tap into it if I hang out with them and, you know, we like think back about those times. And that was right, you know, you know, around that time when I, um, you know, went from, from more like, metal punk to mm. jazz it was still weird jazz like you know i i got into it was like metal zappa and then prog rock and then like electric jazz fusion you know rock rock jazz what's zappa zappa frank zappa He's oh a, oh okay okay composer yeah. and um has his own category it's hard to say what the style of music is that he plays it's but frank zappa you know you know yeah uh, i know the name i i'm not yeah. familiar with his music oh he's, okay oh man he's yeah he's a force or was i mean he's not alive anymore but but he yeah i mean he has just he throws everything every style in there it's just a hmm. mix of styles he's a you know he, he did, wrote some classical pieces he did avant-garde did some straight up pop songs and uh just really great um you know really uh yeah unbelievable uh musician so yeah and then i got into eventually uh, when i got into um when i was applying for uh, colleges and conservatories yeah i got into more the more traditional stuff because you just you know i mean you have to get into it a little bit because it's not like you, I don't know, maybe now you can, you can study, you can maybe get a master's in folk singing or something, you know, it's, it's much broader now, but at that time it was, it was already pretty new that you can actually graduate in jazz performance, right? Mm -hmm. In Germany, because it was all classical before that. Oh, really? So, um, and it's public, you know, uh, public schools. So it's not like, oh, you know, you pay us, uh, you know, $50,000 and we, you know, we have a 
master's program in hip hop, you know, I mean, now you can, you can do that. You can find a school where you can, you know, you can get a degree in, in, um, any, anything, any style. Um, but yeah, it was, I got into a more acoustic jazz, like miles, forties, fifties, sixties, and, um, kind of, uh, got stuck there for a long, good period of time. Um, um musically, just like you mean? processing all that. Yeah, not in a bad way, but I'm just, uh, yeah, not at all in a bad way. I mean, I mean, like, uh, you know, it's such a rich and huge uh, tradition. Mm -hmm. So that you, you know, I felt like if you if you grow up in Germany and you so you don't know a lot about it, you you know, my parents weren't uh, listening to that music. You have to uh, you have to catch up. You know, you have to a lot here in the States, they have there are more high school programs, big band band programs. You know, you can play you can play the saxophone in high school, you know, um, depending on the high school. Um, yeah, I mean, if you're yeah. fortunate enough to go to high school where they have a music program, yes. But if you're like right. in an in, inner city high school uh, where they keep, you know, cutting funds, then no. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's pretty. Uh, I, yeah, that's that's uh, makes makes me uh, has made me angry too in in the past that there's music is such a um, afterthought in public schools. Yeah, yeah, music and art are the first things to go. Yeah. Yeah, and not even you know not even the the mayor right now who who is you know like. Uh, very left-leaning and, um, you know, talks a lot about art. You know, I wish there was more of a political lobbying or, like, advocate for art. I don't there see are. Um, yeah, there are. So there are a whole bunch of um, nonprofit organizations who, um, you know, they their mission is to bring arts into schools. So they, have, you know, they put together different programs, bring in like teaching artists to come into schools and, you know, do different workshops and things like that. They are, or either that, or they, um, you know, uh, they run like after school programs and, and, you know, and stuff. So yeah, there are a number of uh, nonprofit organizations. I'm, I'm not sure about how much of an advocacy group there is in the arts uh, in education. Um, Cause I think in terms of advocacy in the education, there are more pressing stuff, um, you know, like STEM or um, or even just you know basic, um, you know, uh, foundational education. Where like um, you know some some schools, some school districts, and some neighborhoods or you know jurisdictions or whatever, it's they don't have enough resources even to give like proper education. So anyway long-winded answer yeah there are there is some um you know but yeah. not enough i mean uh it's it's definitely i mean if you ask me it's an important part of of education you know i mean there's so absolutely many that, um it's it it might be the one thing that's missing in their life you know they might thrive on you know uh if you give them an instrument and you know 
I mean, somebody, there's so many um, stories of, of now, you know, big names, famous musicians, they fail in everything else and they discover music or an instrument and they, you know, they just like fish uh, to water. They, you know, they yeah. thrive with it, you know, so they run with it and, and imagine, you know, nobody uh, would have given Jimi Hendrix a guitar or something like that, you know. I right. Mean, I don't know that Jimmy had did... kind of cliche, but no. <laughs> but did Jimmy Hendrix pick up the guitar in school though? I'm sure. I'm mean, yeah. Oh I'm, yeah. You you know, think? I mean, uh, I don't know if like physically in school, but during a time where uh, I mean, he was in a, a school kid age, but yeah, yeah. I don't know uh, if I don't know you know if it was in school, but you know, I mean, you want you want a kid to have access to all the possible things that that could, yeah. be, that could turn into their career or their passion or you know their life so, um but even even if it's not that um i think having music as part of music or art or both as part of education i think enhances your ability to do master other subjects as well um you know i so even if you don't, even if that kid does not become a concert violinist in the future, still having learned the violin helped him with something else, you know, with maybe what, even if it's something as like general as like discipline, you know, like learning the value of practicing every day in order to become good at something. That's a valuable yeah. lesson right there. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I, yeah. you know, I, I think it's, 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 yeah, there are both sides here in, in America that I see that there's very, some, you know, some very dedicated uh, programs in schools. Um, and there's also the fact that on a very broad, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's very, it's kind of, very spotty where you find these these programs that have like let's say access to all the instruments for for all the kids you know um so in germany it was maybe a little more like uh you know there was a music program at every school but it was small and there wasn't really you know there was always like a very small uh uh you know eclectic group of music nerds that were like hogging all the instruments and just like, you know, play, you know, so it wasn't, it wasn't very, you know, there was no big band and, you know, there might be a, 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 a orchestra, a classical one, but uh -huh. in terms of jazz or, or, you know, rock or folk, anything like that, it was very small, a small, small group. And it's usually, uh, you know, takes, takes a teacher that's, uh works like volunteers their time after school and does an after school program so um yeah i had some good teachers like that who who like just donated their time to 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 have to coach the band after after school you know so um i was but, lucky in that respect i guess yeah but um you got your music start earlier though right at home like your parents yeah my parents were yeah my parents were pretty adamant about us uh, learning an instruments we're, we're five kids 
so we all had to pick one or my parents picked one so that was the rule like if you don't you know if you don't pick one we'll pick one for you and uh i remember i was so mad that i they made me do this that i was like i don't care whatever if i have to do this you know you just you know so then they picked the cello for me uh which i definitely wouldn't have picked but um <laughs> then i was stuck with the cello and um uh i had to uh yeah i had to practice half an hour a day it was very you know regimented and uh yeah, my parents were on it. They were like, you know, they're musical. They were musical and uh, played multiple instruments and mm. classical mostly. But my dad did, also played. Yeah. Did they? Um, but they were not professional musicians. No, no, no. Okay. They were they were church people. My dad was a pastor, uh, and um, then he became a, a priest, and uh, it was always church, you know, music and. So I would play, my dad would, yeah, there was choir, church choirs, there was um, some classical music. Uh, sometimes there were services with, uh, with guitar and you would sing these, um, these religious, I mean, you, you know what I'm, I mean, there were probably different songs, but you know, you know that, yeah. you know that scene, you know. Yeah, so I, like I know that scene, yeah. it's folky. Um, yes. Uh, there was this, this, uh, you know what Tizé is? Tizé? Tizé? T-A-I-Z-E. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a monastery in, in France and, um, they had this whole hippie community that would, uh, would go there, um, and sing these songs. And, um, so uh, there were often, we called them Tizé songs because mm -hmm. they originated from that monastery. And that was kind of like the, yeah, the hip church crowd would sing those songs. And, uh, you know, when we were kids, we loved that. And yeah. um, um, that was the scene. And then my dad, my dad also played lute, like medieval lute. Oh, nice. Like, really? Bring, uh, Dowland, you know, like uh, Renaissance lute uh, from the 1500s. And um, I actually, I, I inherited that instrument and I just, I'm getting it fixed in in Beacon, I'm going there on Thursday and picking it up and adding that will be adding that to my arsenal and, uh, you know, also be hopefully devoting some time to playing uh, Renaissance music on the lute because nice. that's what I remember my dad, you know, my dad doing, in the, you know, when I was a kid. But it was mostly, yeah, it was church, church related. But my dad would also sit down at the piano and, you know, I was, when I was really young and do some hammer out some melodies and make me sing them and um we always we had a piano and i would just you know press keys and try to pick out melodies did uh did you do like at home like your your father playing the piano and the family gathered around and just sing songs did you do stuff like that yeah it was mostly with yeah. the guitar but um mm we uh yeah we sang um well we sang before dinner we sang uh bach chorales that was the thing you know we'd sing these bach chorales um 
and then we would play uh yeah we would play music together my dad had you know i had an uncle who was a carpenter so he made this this four-faced music stand for us it was huge it was like a tree you know a trunk of a tree with with uh you know four music music stands facing every direction and we'd sit around wow. play uh uh, you know, I would play cello. My sister plays violin, and my brother at the piano. And uh, oh wait, know. you have a brother? For some reason, I thought you only had sisters. I don't know why I thought that. No, no. I mean, we're pretty balanced. I have two sisters and two brothers, so ah. um, they are all younger than me. Um, so the youngest one wasn't playing an instrument yet, but. So we were four kids with instruments, my dad at the guitar. My mom would sometimes join with it. She played these, you know, different size recorders. Like she had a, a bass recorder, a tenor recorder, you know, alto and, and, and soprano. So she would have the, she had the whole arsenal of recorders. So she could sort of play any voice, you know, any, you know, if you needed more bass, you would get, get out the bass recorder uh but yeah we, we definitely that was you know i mean we hated it as kids you know that's <laughs> what that's how kids are and the parents make you do stuff and you know later on uh you you sort of have some have fun but you you, you, you can't admit it you don't want to admit it it was like oh this is so uncool i want to go back to you know got to figure out this metallica song and we're, you know um drink some beers and play metal in the in the basement um but you know it was actually i was you know I, I actually started liking it in my teens and and then now looking back of course it was it's great that they did that you know mm -hmm. so, did your parents make you uh make you learn an instrument or yeah so my uh mother um, we always had a piano. Well, not always. We had a piano in, in Korea, I remember. And I think I was too young back then, but I think um, she might have um, hired tutors for my sisters. Either that or she taught them how to play. My mother always played a little bit of piano. Um, so I think they got lessons in Korea. And then when we moved to the States, at some point, how old was I? I was like, was I in junior high? So yeah, I was early teens. Um, that's when my mother decided that me and my brother, we should start taking piano lessons too, but neither of us were really into it. And um, I still remember that one time when, um, uh, you know, the piano teacher would come to our home, like, you know, after school, I don't know, maybe a couple of times a week or something. And one time, because I didn't want, I, I didn't want to get lessons because like I didn't enjoy it. And um, so I intentionally went home late thinking, oh, my brother will be there. And so maybe she'll just teach him and then that's it, you know, and forget about me, right? And, um, but then I was walking home and I saw the piano teacher, like we passed each other in, in this, on the street near my home. And uh, she was really upset. Uh, she said that my brother wasn't home either. So like she was standing outside the building for like an hour or something. Oh no. I know waiting for us and I felt so bad. After that, 
my mother canceled all the lessons. <laughs> oh. I think she just felt bad for the teacher <laughs> that we did that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I thought I thought you were you were gonna say she gave you uh, she talked to you and you're like you're never doing that again. You're gonna be here half an hour early before each lesson and you're gonna cancel the lessons. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because I think I think she was being I think she was thinking more about how badly we treated the teacher than you know. Yeah. yeah, I don't remember having any kind of consequences other than maybe a talking to. Like, you know, it was kind of bad that we did that. My brother, I think he just forgot. He could just completely forgot. So he was out playing with his friends. Me, I remembered. I just didn't want to, you know, <laughs> go yeah. through it. So, oh, wow, so yeah. like, I, I'm doubly guilty. Um, yeah. But then um, later on, though, in high school, for some reason, I became interested in the piano again. Because, like, we, you know, you had to take some sort of music thing um, when I was in high school. And so I decided because I had um, piano lessons way back when. So I like I knew my way around the piano, even though I wasn't very good and I could read sheet music. And so and in class, I took a piano class, but I was way more advanced than all the other students. So the piece that my teacher um, had me learn as my sort of class project um, it was for Elise. Um, mm. which is, you know, the piece like every piano student learns how to play. Um, yeah. yeah. So I did that. But I remember like, I hit all the notes, but I remember, you know, after, so like the final exam was me playing in front of the, in front of the class. Uh, and um, I mean, I finished the piece, but after it was done, I remember thinking it was terrible. <laughs> mm. Like, you know, the emotion wasn't really there. Technically it wasn't really, you know, it wasn't that great, you know, um, well, whatever. But then I didn't really pursue it. It wasn't until like much later on, what this is like, what, 80s, 80s or 90s, late 80s, early 90s, around then, again, church influence, uh, you know, everybody gathering around with a guitar and we're all singing, you know, gospel songs, hymn songs, whatever. And I thought that was kind of cool, you know, back then, like, oh, wouldn't it be cool, like, if I learned how to play? So I just kind of, like, picked it up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's when you learned to play guitar. You didn't yeah. play it as a kid. I didn't play it as a kid. Yeah. So I was already, like, 20-something. Yeah. 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 I mean, you know, guitar is great in that you can just learn some chords in a, you know, really short amount of time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Although it took me a long time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, E minor, you get, you know, basically you can teach somebody who's never hold, held a guitar E minor in like half an hour, right? And they can like strum, somewhat strum away on a chord and play the guitar, you know? That, that's not the problem. The problem is switching between chords because in order for you to play any song, I don't know. I don't know if there is any song where all you need is one chord. Yeah, that comes later. That's you know, <laughs> you need to have like a, you know, you need to have this this positive moment. You need to have just like, I mean, that just 
playing that one chord and then uh you know yeah you're right of course if you <laughs> then introduce tell them now you actually have to switch to a different one yeah then, uh yeah the motivation goes out the window I feel like sometimes like working with professional musicians like yourself and Jody, uh, it kind of does not give me the incentive to get better on my instrument instrumentation. Cause like, I, I kind of like rely on you guys to provide the instrumentation, uh, you know, as we're like building out the songs. Um, and I definitely like, I mean, the way you lay out the guitar tracks definitely influences how I perform the songs too, you know? I mean, by the time you get, by the time we lay out your guitar tracks, the song is pretty much written. So I know like what the song's about musically as well as like lyrically, but um, yeah, but in terms of like certain aspects and certain layers of the song, that definitely comes out like after the instruments are, are laid down. Um, yeah. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. Yeah, but I know, I don't know. I keep making excuses and, and I'm just not putting the work into it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's, I always feel like we do the things we, you know, think are important. We're going to get to them. And if we don't, then they must, have not been that important to us, right? And that's cool, you know. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I like. I don't know. I just. It's it's it. That's that's what I've you know also seeing other people. Like do things that. I wouldn't do in there, or like, or not do things that I would do in there. Uh, you know, like see somebody really talented, you know, um, not, not take it to the next level or, you know, or, you know, it's just, uh, you know, if, if, if you, if you think, you know, it's, it's important, you're gonna, you're gonna do it. And, um, I mean, you, you're doing other great stuff. You're recording your songs. You're, yeah. you know, you're, you're, you, you have a, you have a band and you, you know, you, so it's not like, I mean, you don't have to, you don't, you don't have to do it all and you know there's only so much time in the day and uh you know like i said those these learning these things learning the guitar properly it's just yeah i mean if you really want to get into it you have to lo spend a lot of time mm -hmm. doing things over and over and over and you know i might sort of work, you know? <laughs> i might hit you up for a lesson in terms of like maybe certain basic foundational stuff like maybe you know, like what's a good place to start? But anyway, that's yeah. We could talk that, talk about that offline. Yeah, hit you up for a couple of lessons. Um, yeah. yeah, I was also thinking of like maybe I should get some vocal training uh, with Jody as well, because um, I'm still like trying to figure out exactly what my voice is. I don't think I found it yet. Um, yeah, that's always a good idea. I mean, yeah. I. Uh... Like I said, I've been getting into, I haven't taken lessons in, you know, decades. So um, now it's, it's, it feels really fresh to, uh, especially on a different instrument, you know. I mean, I'm even, even like, you know, taking a guitar lesson, which 
you know, learning a different style on the instrument that you're already playing, that's that that can be a really. Uh, I mean, it's just great. It just feels great. It's like you know, but it, again, like there's there's only so much time um, available, and and you know, in during the pandemic, we were like it was a curse and a blessing that <laughs> everything came to a halt and you had all this time so you know you could find something do to do with it and that could be a good thing you know they could like in my case learning something new mm. i'm sure a lot of people took that approach you know learn something new or yeah. did something that they always wanted to do or you know doing a podcast you know i'm sure this that's a thing that you know so uh you know it's definitely great and uh we'll see how yeah i definitely want to continue that yeah um, but it you know if that wouldn't have happened if life would have just continued the way it did uh the way it, it would have it did before i might never have done these things right mm -hmm. so you know so it's 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 also a time management kind of issue and some people are really good at it. I was like, there's some people who think like, do they have twice as many hours in the day as I have? How can they do all these things? And, you know, so, Yeah, um, I know, right? People who like are amazing at doing all kinds of things. Yeah, people like that. Yeah, yeah. discipline and focus. I mean, it sounds like such a cliche, but it goes a long way and I'm not the greatest. I'm not the worst, but I definitely, some people put, put me to shame in terms of that, you know, focus. Yeah, I would say I'm about, uh, I'm like a, on average on that bell curve. Yeah. Uh, I'm not the worst, but I'm also not the best. Um, but, but something you said earlier is about focus. I think it, it um, sort of uh, reminds me of a conversation I had in an earlier podcast that it's not always about time, but it's really more about focus. Um, so it's sometimes it's not about like, you know, whether you put in 10 hours or 10 minutes of really focused, you know, working at something that sometimes that is just as important or maybe like have greater yield than if you were to just kind of like, you know, mindlessly doing something for a very long time that does not necessarily make you better at something i don't know yeah definitely i think? think that's when you learn is when you focus and and also you know i i've more and more uh i think i'm realizing that it also makes you happy right i mean focusing on something is like um exercise for the mind or like a, mm. it's like a treat for the mind it gets to do what it's supposed to do what it's made to do um you're exercising your your mind and um it makes it makes you happy just the focusing itself you know it could be it doesn't have to be music it could be you know i mean some people you know do meditation for that but mm -hmm. it could really be anything you know you could do uh origami or something you know like focus on something for half an hour and it's it's very um it's very pleasurable you know just the, the experience of the focusing itself and with music we have we have this opportunity to 
focus on something um, that yields these, you know, that makes these sounds, hopefully, that we enjoy. But even just the focusing itself is like, if you can get yourself to do it, it's like, it feels so good, you know. Do you, um, do you, are you able to bring yourself there? Like, you know, um, or is it something that, is it something that kind of happens as you put in the hours of like practicing your guitar, for example? I would say it's more of a conscious thing. I mean, I, um, yeah, I, I, I have to, yeah, bring, bring myself, I have to, um, you know, like I feel bad if I, if I don't do, if I just like sort of go through the day and unfocused and just sort of meandering, even if I play the guitar mm. and, you know, I've done my fair share of noodling while I'm watching a movie and that's cool. But like, I need some time also that where I'm doing focused practicing, otherwise I just feel, feel not good about, you know, I mean, I'm in New York, you know, I, I kind of have this, this mantra, um, you know, that I would, my mind goes off. It's like, what, why, what are you in New York for? If you just, you know, <laughs> like, um, like you chastise you yourself anywhere. Well, it's, uh, <laughs> yeah, I chastise myself, um, a little bit. Um, and then hopefully something good came, comes out of it, but it's more like, um, a debt, you know, you're paying your, you know, you have the privilege of being here mm -hmm. and, you know, I mean, you were, you know, you, did you, would you say you grew up in New York? I grew up in New York. Yeah. yeah. So you were here anyway, but for me, it was kind of like a, a little bit of a fight to end up here. Um, you know, I had to leave my home and, um, you know, you have to go through these immigration hoops, you know, you have to go through these, these hurdles, jump these hurdles and like, so anyway, so, you know, it's like, okay, I did all this, all that, not to just like hang out here. So, um, uh, right. It's, okay. It's, Cause it's, you, you know, I, it's, it's, it's not, I don't, I don't feel like I'm, I'm not beating myself up over it, but I'm, I'm more like using it as, uh, as an additional means of motivation. Sure. Sure. Uh, yeah, I know. I was like half kidding when I said that. Yeah. You're like. Bad. Yeah, yeah, Bad right. well, well, if something good comes out of it, you know, I mean, if there's, there's like a pathological way of uh, beating yourself up and there's a productive way of, you know, yeah, if, if you do it better the next time and then that's then that's a good thing. But um, but I know, think re reminding yourself, right, but I think reminding yourself that uh, that you had to uh, struggle your way through to get to where you are. So to kind of like, uh, sit back and do nothing. Yeah, it is. It is kind of uh, a waste. It doesn't feel right. Yeah. Right. Because, right. you know, I, there were some sacrifices and, um, you know, it, it, it just, it just, it just doesn't feel right. And now it feels like, uh, you know, a privilege to be in New York and, or be, you know, in the situation that, I'm in after all these, you know, after 20 mm. years of being here, which feels good, you know, it's, it's, 
I'm at a spot where I feel like, um, you know, I've, life feels, feels pretty good. So, you know, it, it's, it's, it's just, you know, um, sort of like a good kind of pressure, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So wait, um, so you mentioned you, you actually immigrated to the U.S. So you, I don't, well, I'm not a citizen. Um, right. But you're a legal resident. Yeah. Right. Yeah. A permanent resident. Yeah. Um, so wait, did you come as a student and then later get residency or? Yeah. Or you came as an immigrant and then. No, no, I, I came here as a student and. Um, okay. Obviously, I, you know, I didn't know if I was going to stay. I had never been to the States. I got the scholarship to go to NEC, uh, New England Conservatory. And uh, it was sort of like very last minute everything. I applied for this thing like on the, on the last day you could possibly apply <laughs> right after I graduated uh, in Germany from undergrad. Yeah. My guitar teacher mentioned this thing and he was like, yeah you should check this out there's some government money that you know you can apply and blah, 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 you have to audition and then i i checked and it's like ah oh, deadline is today so you know you have to get in a postmarked letter that day to make the deadline and then you can send in the all your documents later so i did that i just send in like a official letter i'm applying end of story just to have that postmarked stamp yeah. you know? and then i um sent them the uh my my uh all my um grade reports and all that stuff you need to send in later and then they called me for an audition you have to go yeah you have to go to this to different city and you audition for and they're like all these <laughs> it doesn't make much sense there are all these government of officials who don't really know anything about this um like 15 of them and you play and you, you know then you then there's an interview i think that's like the more more what they you know they can't really tell about you know the music much i don't know i don't think so it didn't seem like it but then you have to be good at talking you're like oh yeah i wanna um i knew i was gonna have to say something like uh, yeah, I want to acquire, learn these uh, special skills you can only learn in New York because that's the source and the birthplace of jazz, which, no, not the birthplace, but the, you know, the world capital of jazz and blah, blah, blah. Wait, it's not the birthplace of jazz? I always thought jazz was was born in the U.S. New York? No, it's... it's no, more, in the U.S. Early. Yeah, yeah, in the U.S., but but New York yeah. is is is. Uh, I think New Orleans, what most people would say, is the birthplace of jazz. And oh, then, okay. So you were you were talking about specifically the city, not necessarily the country. Yeah, I was I was talking about New York, you know. Okay. Um, and then uh, you know, I want to acquire all these skills and then come back to Germany and share the wealth and bring all this knowledge back to Germany, and then they were like, "Oh, great." Here's the money, and then of course I never came back, and I never, <laughs> I never shared that. Uh, That's terrible. Do, uh, <laughs> should you say that here on the podcast? It's yeah. I mean, it's it. No, no. I mean, it's it's not. Uh, you know, you're not signing away your soul. That you just. It's just something you have to say. I mean, if if actually, you know, what's funny, or actually not that funny, but um, 
that there's uh, there are other um, funding programs like Erasmus. Do you know that program, Erasmus program? It's sort of like a, I don't know. Here they have the Kennedy Center, Kennedy Center, or anyway, it's it's an organization that gives money to study abroad, and they make you sign some uh, something that says I'm gonna study there for a year, two years, come back to yeah. Germany and teach or something. So actually, you know, you have to come back. But luckily, the one that I got, there was no formal obligation to come back to Germany. You just had to sort of say that's your intention, you know, and if things yeah. take a turn, that's cool, but that's okay, you know, it just happens. So you left Germany to come to New York? I thought, I always thought you left Germany to go to school in Boston. Yeah, I went to Boston. I, I um, did want to go to New York. So I argued, you know, like, you know, I said New York and then I applied for, applied to different, I applied to uh, Manhattan School of Music in, in, mm. in Boston. And then I didn't get into Manhattan School. They. I, it was too short notice. I sent a video. You're supposed to audition in person, but that and I also didn't know anybody there. But I, I, I kind of, um, I sent. Um, we had I had worked with a, a, you know, used a book uh, in in Germany that was written by a teacher that was teaching at NEC. So that was sort of like I wrote directly to him. It was like. Yeah, you know, it's really late in the game and the audition process is technically over, but, you know, and he just happened to have a spot open. He didn't fill all his student spots yet, which was mm. super lucky. So he was like, yeah, I'll talk to the dean. And um, I was already, I had given up. I was like, oh man, I missed the, you know, deadlines for auditions in the States and, uh, you know, I remember I had a girlfriend in Germany. <laughs> was like, I was commiserating. I was like, oh man, I didn't make. It. And she was like, I, I could tell like she was pretending. She was sad for me, but of course she was. <laughs> it was really happy that I had to stay in Germany. But then I got this. Uh, you know, I got the okay from the other teacher. Like, okay, I got you in. You know, I you can you're gonna be my student. And then then it did work out. Uh, yeah, it was like sort of like a period where I was pretty lucky that I got the scholarship and I got into the school in Boston, which I, I would say you were very lucky, all things considered. Yeah, I mean, I wanted to come to New York. So New York didn't work out. Yeah. But you know, I Boston worked out. And like, in hindsight, I, I don't know, you know, I mean, going to college in New York, you're so distracted by the city. You know, it's, it was kind of nice to have, you yeah. know, boring Boston, sort of this just school and there's not much else to do. And I was it was more focused, I think, than than on New York. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, I was going to say that, actually. Uh, I think going to school in Boston was probably a, a better in terms of like focusing on your education. Uh, so my first year in college, I went to NYU. And um, and NYU does not have a campus. It's in the heart of yeah. the village. It's so distracting. I did terribly my first year, and I decided, okay, you know what? I'm just screwing around. So let me take a year off and figure out what I want to do. So I took a year off, 
and I was working. And then, and then I went back and I was there one more semester. And that's when I decided like, you know what? <laughs> I decided I don't like NYU. I'm going to transfer. So I actually transferred schools. Mm -hmm. yeah. but, um, but still in New York. Yeah, it's still in New York, um, but up in the Bronx, Lehman College, it's part of the city university system. Right, yeah. They ha had a nice campus, you know, a small college, but, you know, but I think at the time, that's kind of like what I needed. Yeah, you know, so. I yeah, think, NYU is yeah. really, uh, yeah, and, and imagine like doing that without ever having been to New York, you just like your mind mm -hmm. explodes and you're just in the middle of the village and you, you and know. coming from a small, small town like you you came from yeah and yeah. and you know you just have like you know 10 jazz clubs within like a you know <laughs> five block radius in the village it's just you know i mean in that respect it's great but then why yeah. why are you at school at all if, if you're just you know going to uh to the jazz clubs and the sessions that comes later. So I, you know, I'm kind of glad I did the school thing, focused on that and then mm. moved here. And then I just went out to the village every night and um, and did that, you know. So, um, I mean, as a jazz musician, why not New Orleans? Why New York? Why not? Um, well, I mean, so as a student, there is a school there, but um, I think if you haven't been to the States, New York is just, uh, you know, an exciting place. But also stylistically, New Orleans is uh, more about entertainment, not so much about like pushing the music forward or uh, really? like a melting pot of of um you know um players from all over the world that's not what new orleans really is i mean it maybe to a smaller degree but mm. you know if you're thinking along those lines then then you know you thinking new york you know i mean that's but you know if i wear like let's say i i was really obsessed with if, if i were really you know into that style which i am but it's not the only thing i uh i'm into you know like louis armstrong and um early jazz and new orleans and the history uh yeah um i can see how somebody would 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 go there and i i know a handful of people musicians who've moved to new orleans from new york because that was their thing they just want to be at the roots they want to play this pure style of music mm. and uh but you know it wasn't i was i'm i'm still into all these other aspects of jazz and music that you know are more prevalent in new york that you wouldn't necessarily have in uh new orleans like more experimental stuff mm. uh you know um so it was yeah i was i never thought i never thought uh, New Orleans um, yeah Boston has a huge uh, college music scene as you as you probably know um, so that was good you know there's Berkeley there which has like I don't know 10,000 students probably by now who all do music you know so it's and um, it yeah it, it's it's close to New York so 
Um, yeah, I mean, I still have to go to New Orleans. It's it's on my it's on my list. I just never I've never really. Uh, oh, you've never been yet. I've never really gotten yeah like gotten around to it. I've never yeah. Been there, yeah. No, you definitely need to go. New Orleans no, yeah, is fun. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a fun apart from the jazz, it's just supposed to be a really great city. So I still, I still have to go. And maybe, you know, maybe I'll, uh, maybe I'll love it and move there. Who knows? You know, I can't. No, no, you know, sure, no, but, no, um, no, 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 no. You can't move there because I still need you. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I mean, now that you know, we'll do everything on Zoom. Like, everybody uh, does everything on Zoom now, anyways. So, anything will ever come back uh no that's not true i mean yeah no i'm not gonna i'm i don't i can't see myself moving anywhere but um i still want to go i yeah that's it's it's just always i tend to like go wherever the music takes me and um it hasn't taken me to new orleans yet but mm. um i'll i'm sure i'll go at some point well, I'm kind of surprised that you didn't, um, you haven't gone there yet, that you didn't like play at some festival or something. Yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, you know, I mean, there's, there's always going to be places that, you know, uh, I haven't been to, but, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I just, um, yeah, I just have to book a trip sometime. I haven't been to Kansas. That's Kansas is another city that's, you know, Really? Jazz, it's like a, a, you know, big, uh, like historically, uh, the development, it's important for the development of, of jazz. So Kansas City? Moved, yeah, it sort of moved, originated in New Orleans, then moved to Kansas City, uh, St. Louis, that area, and then to Chicago and New York. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of a yeah. trajectory of, of, you know, the history of jazz um but yeah i mean i've been to chicago but yeah kansas oh that's funny say chicago again chicago no you said it differently chicago i don't know i i think you said chicago, chicago. yeah um it depends on where you're from uh some some regions will pronounce it chicago or more with a ch sound and yeah. um but I think maybe more places pronounce it as an SH sound, Chicago. Chicago, yeah. yeah. But it's not like like a straight sh sound either. So it's like a little between sh Chicago. No, it's not. See, now I'm getting confused. I'm confusing myself. Chicago, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, I... um, yeah. Yeah, it's we have the same we have similar things in Germany where where people say it different ways, you know. Um, yeah. Um, so, so how would you describe your music? Uh, uh, my music, I would I don't know. Uh, you know, it's very um, kind of broad for me for myself. Uh, I think of my music having different approaches, but I would, uh, in general, I would probably, you know, let's say from an outsider perspective, it's 
probably very uh, cerebral, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I would agree with that, yeah. But uh, for me, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's an emotional experience and something that, you know, sometimes you, something that has emotional content for you might not be, uh, you know, um, immediately obvious for like, I don't want to say an outsider, but somebody who's, who's not really, um, you know, speaking that language, it's like a language, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm being critical with my music, but you know, I mean, I've, um, I, I like to, um, think, you know, I hope I can connect with other people through my music. Um, but I'm definitely, uh, you know, this is one aspect of it. So I'm just kind of randomly picking something. So definitely drawn to patterns right to um either mathematical patterns numbers or rhythmic patterns or um harmonic or melodic patterns um some kind of connection with uh nature or with uh, you know something else something outside of music uh some you know some pattern um i think it's very i I have a lot of um a lot of my music is is very um har harmonic harmony oriented you know i think that's Mm -hmm. more that's coming from uh my my coming from europe you know the european uh, art music or classical music background, you know, the harmonies that I heard grow, growing up. You mean you know, um, Western music? Harmonizing like harmony, like different levels. Harmony, harmony. yeah, chords, okay. mm-hmm. um, orchestral sounds, you know, um, Beatles also, you know, had a for, for, pop music um a pretty deep or advanced uh, advanced i don't know let's say deep uh understanding of harmony um but then you know of course if you're talking about you know brahms schubert schumann those you know this kind of uh, chopin you know that's 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 another level um and then, yeah, you know, Stravinsky, and um, then of course, you know, you get more into like, okay, what else is out there? You know, I'm drawn to these sounds by, uh, you know, Schumann or whatever. And then, you know, then you discover something else that's a little more out there. That's a little more. Um, there's more dissonances in it, but but it's still harmonically lush. Mm. And, and, you know, so I think, yeah, those kind of harmonies have made it into my music. Um, you know, uh, 
like Alban Berg and Weber and, and the, you know the early uh, 1900s composers, uh, European composers. Um, so you know if you're describing music, you can describe it from the perspective of where where it come where does it come from, right? So um, and what does it do? What does it do to the person who listens to it? That's a little harder for me to describe because you know everybody comes from a different um, yeah uh, from a different approach. You know, I mean something that I play. You know, I'm so in this world of this music and my peers and you know uh, fellow New York musicians who who speak that language um, that I I'm grateful for you know out like, now again I don't want to say outsiders but like people who don't speak that language um, if they tell me what they you know how they perceive when they come go to a concert um, yeah I was gonna ask do you ask your audience like how they felt or how, what they thought yeah. about your music yeah um yeah i do i mean like i said often it's like you know uh music fans or musicians who are in that world to go to these uh, go to concerts that you know um you know jazz and other other subcultures <laughs> that are not the mainstream right but you know, some I have I have friends and and family and students or you know people who uh, val I value their their perspective you know and and I think people uh, pick up on things like um, how you know if you feel passionate about your music let's say you know I mean I had a actually he was a really valuable. Uh, <laughs> asset for me he was a student i mean he's not my student anymore uh but he's he's he was a, a, a um psychologist and psychiatrist so he mm. was good at, he could really analyze he could really pick up on things that i was like whoa i mean he wasn't you know he wasn't really he wasn't a professional musician or but he's he uh he could you know i think people pick up when something is genuine and and um, has a sense of urgency and comes from the heart and there's communication between the musicians. Um, so that's important for me that there's interaction, you know, you play, you play jazz or, or um, related music, which I do. It's important that you have a bass player, let's say, for example, that is, is on your is right by your side you know it's like both can go anywhere with you at any moment mm. and not somebody who just like plays some kind of pre you know conceived or baseline that they don't deviate from right mm -hmm. so i think i think people can people pick up on that oh yeah definitely so i you know cerebral you know like, uh, harmony is important. Rhythm, I've been uh, more and more, that's become the main interest for me. Um, and so, 
rhythmic patterns that go against each other. You know, mm -hmm. so you have you have two rhythmic patterns that like syncopated or yeah, yeah, yeah. syncopation, uh, polyrhythms. You know, poly just yeah, polyrhythm just means two multiple rhythms, rhythms, yeah, going on at the same time. So you yeah. know, you they go and then they might line up again down the road after a while and then they go separate again they line up they so that's a pattern right so mm -hmm. um they might go at you know one might go at you know three quarter speed of the other rhythm and you get this like really nice i mean for me no. nice pattern that that yeah sort of like it's you can tell it's it's not random yeah but it's also not obvious right so I don't want I don't want I don't want it to be too obvious, you know. I I was just laughing just then because I think um, of all the musical elements, rhythm is probably my biggest weakness. Like I cannot really like I have no sense of rhythm. <laughs> it it used to be I used to I was at that moment too where I realized I'm you know, rhythm is my biggest weakness. And I, I'm so I'm spending all this time working on chords and scales, right? And melodies and arpeggios, and, you know, pentatonics and intervals. And um, you kind of, you can get lost in that whole world. And, and my, my rhythmic development was not on was lagging behind, right? So mm -hmm. I, I kind of, stopped all that and like just focused on rhythm um and and have just um been stuck with that again stuck in a good way i think a lot of it happens to a lot of musicians that they discover rhythm out of you know necessity they realize ah. they have to catch up and then they don't let go they just like stay with it because it's so much fun and it's it's so rewarding and so deep because you can always um you can always find different rhythmic traditions even if you think you you've you know really uh you know you've mastered one thing which you know you never really master something but you feel like okay i'm good with this you, you discover this you know uh different tradition um let's say you know cuban cuban rhythm or or mm. a balkan you know bulgarian uh rhythm or or uh you know the southeast asia or something you know yeah um korean korean rhythm you know oh it's, yeah it's uh <laughs> it's, it's yeah it's, it's really uh fascinating and and um different and hard to yeah yeah korean music korean traditional music is in particular has a lot of like rhythmic rhythmic elements that are uh fascinating but again, like I, I enjoy it when I watch, you know, perf the performance. But like in my head, there's no way like I, I could tease out any of it. It's just, you know, yeah. Uh, like one time, um, my brother used to play the drums, and so once, and he would all he also like composed different pieces and stuff. And one time, he was like telling me. Like how you know, he was saying bam, ba, da, 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 whatever you know. Like he would like sound out the rhythms. He was 
tell me that. And then the next one, and I'm like, I'm sorry, they sound the same to me. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> like, I can't tell them apart. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really yeah. the nuances um, that that matter. And, you know, in these in these different traditions. And, uh, you know, I mean, the same thing could be said about jazz. It's it's really you need to spend some time with it to really hear the subtleties you know, mm -hmm. you know it's it's and then you know same for yeah korean music or or any other music you need to spend some time with it and you know everybody decides for themselves what they you know they're spent their time on because it's so uh limited you know so so i just um uh, i just make time for it because uh you know i well it's what you do so. I need, yeah, exactly. I mean, I just, um, yeah, I can't even say I chose to do it. I just, I just, that's what I, that's what I want to do. That's what I. Ah, interesting. Yes. It wasn't you who chose it. It was the music that chose you. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm, you know, uh, I don't feel like I made a conscious decision. It was just um, nothing else I wanted to do that much, you know. So it wasn't really um, a big soul searching involved, you know. I and uh, yeah, there are a lot of um, a lot of musicians that express it that way that they you know there was just there was just nothing else i wanted to do right you know it wasn't a big like oh my god i'm gonna you know <laughs> should i really do this and um you know i feel like that's and it's that's difficult that's difficult if you're if you're yeah. really, you know if you're fighting something to well sometimes it's 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 parents or society yeah. you know i understand but, that's yeah that can but be that is kind of that is rather funny though <laughs> it's like it's like um you have no other option but to do this <laughs> yeah yeah that's that's yeah what i what i felt i mean i didn't think about it that much but um i just had so spent so much time on it already that you know i i you know i felt like you know there was nothing else i had this much was i was you know i had gotten somewhere already so um you know i mean well, but that that argument right there is really more on the practical side of things because you've been already invested so much time and energy into it so therefore you might as well continue. That's kind of like a practical, more practical reasoning than to say, um, I have no choice but to do this because there's nothing else that interests me as much. That's a little bit different in terms of argument. Um, yeah, maybe. I mean, it's yeah. maybe it comes across as like a, you know, there, there was this, it was this, uh, you know, I was I was heartbroken that I couldn't do anything else or anything. It was a it was a happy right. it was a happy moment, you know. It was no, it was great, you know. I I there was no uh, 
you know, no lamenting that I, you know, that you couldn't I, become like a businessman mass or something, you know, it wasn't that, you know, I mean, I actually was really, I was really into, um, drawing, um, mm. and making things, crafts, you know, and painting art and we're not really painting more drawing and, um, illustration and that kind of thing, you know, but, um, yeah, during high school that I had to, I had a brief moment where I thought, you know, maybe that's what I'll do. But, um, like I said, during high school, you're just, you know, you're not like when, when it get really gets serious is, is when, you know, it's after, after your service, whatever, if you go to military or mm. work in hospital, when that ends, you have to, <laughs> that moment is, you know, I felt like, okay, it's music. It's not, um, it's not, it's not this other thing. So, yeah. So, you know, I, it wasn't, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't a tough decision for me. I mean, I had a little bit of, um, I had to, you know, bring my dad on my side. It took a little, um, Oh yeah. Yeah. How did that go? Like when you told your parents, Hey, I'm going to be a musician. Uh, yeah, pretty much exactly like that. I, I said, um, yeah, whether you like it or not or something, I was pretty, you know, I was pretty rebellious or pretty Pick, independent. Yeah, exactly. I, I wasn't, um, so yeah, pretty much said, you know, even if you don't support me, that's what I want to do. Hmm. Um, and, uh, then, you know, I, that was actually before I found out that you could actually study, uh, study jazz at a conservatory. So when I found that out, I was like, yes, thank you. You know, so this is great. I can be a musician and make my parents happy and get a degree, you know? So, uh -huh. so once I got into music school, um, yeah, it was legit. And there was, you know, then, then they were like, oh, you know, university, college, conservatory, we, you know, that we understand. So that, okay. But in so Germany, yeah. So uh, you, you told your parents before you even found out that you could actually get a degree and study the music you wanted. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That was pretty bold. Yeah. yeah so you I, had I, absolutely I, no plan. No, no. I, I just wanted to play. I just wanted to, um, yeah, I mean, I, it was, I guess pretty, uh, yeah, bold or, you know, um, yeah, I, I, I don't or know stupid. exactly what my plan was. Yeah. Stupid from a financial <laughs> perspective, maybe I would have, you know, would have got, you know, let's say I wouldn't have gone to college, you know, maybe I would have gotten a job that kind of make, you know, makes enables to me to, uh, make a living and play music. I don't know. Or I would have joined, you know, would have joined a band, uh, to make money, you know, like, a mm. um, I don't know, musical, you know, I mean, in Germany, it was, you know, it's, it's not like, it wasn't like New York where I grew up. It's already like, um, you know, you're a successful musician. If you, if you join a musical and you make a living playing, you know, playing a musical 
uh, you know, yeah. even if it's not the most creative. So yeah, I was thinking along those lines, and or or their cover bands, you know, that make a living. Believe it or not, they just right. A, um, they they play covers at at part dance parties and yeah. And, uh, or the other the other what type was session musicians. That's I think that's what you were describing. So you're not necessarily being creative. A session, well, session musician refers to recording um, in stu oh. studio work, which, I mean, there wasn't much of that either where I grew up in, in Germany. I mean, maybe in Cologne and, mm -hmm. you know, because that's where the big TV studios are, Cologne, Hamburg, Munich. You can, you can, yeah, you can be a session musician, I guess. Oh, but you know I what? That's yeah. funny. I didn't realize a session musician meant specifically recording only. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, session musician means um, recording and, you know, you're doing a lot of people are doing it at home these days for, mm -hmm. you know, say commercials or, uh, you know, they just need a, a guitar lick for some, you know, commercial and it pays pretty well. And if you're the guy that uh, or, you know, girl, the person that does that, then you can make a living with that. You know, it's it's I mean, it's competitive, too, but that was mm. like. I think when I was young, I was thinking more of that. Like, I didn't know you can actually, you know, go to New York and be a jazz musician and somehow, you know, survive and make a living with it, you know? So that I'm was- I'm actually me. impressed. Yeah, I'm actually impressed. I'm, I'm always impressed when, when uh, people who choose an artistic profession, other than acting, because uh, I feel like acting, there are so many opportunities. You know, you could do theater, you could do commercials, you could do voice over you could do movies there i mean there's so not that it's easy but there are a whole bunch of different ways to be an actor and make money um but you like music and like fine art and and other types of artistic endeavors when people are actually able to make a living doing that i'm always impressed you know yeah yeah yeah, so, yeah. you know i mean you have to find a good balance. Everybody has to find that for themselves. But I agree. Yeah, anything, any like just just making a living playing music, you know, period is already, uh, you know, something somebody could be proud of. So, you know, I, you know, that's 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 something to keep in mind. You know. uh, were, were your parents proud of you? Uh, I, I know your mother's still around. Is she proud of you? No, my mom uh, passed away. Oh, no. 2016, I think. Yeah, 2016. Um, really? Yeah. I thought she was yeah. still around. No, no, she... Uh, yeah, 2016. My dad passed away 2011. And, um, yeah, they both died pretty early in their 60s. Yeah. So... Um, but yeah, they, I mean, you know, I was, when I um, started playing gigs and um, it was my, my teens and when I got into college, it was my early 20s. So they definitely, you know, that's, I mean, they were proud I got into conservatory. In Germany, it's different than here. It's not, it's free, right? You don't pay anything. So it's, it's pretty, um, it's a little more, uh, it's a little harder to get in because there are not a lot of um, uh. Uh, positions. So, you know, 
maybe you know a school might take one or two guitarists per year and um so you apply all over the country and you're you know you're lucky if you get in anywhere mm. so um that was already you know that's that's when my parents were like okay you you must be <laughs> you must be doing something right if you can get in uh into this um you know public college studying music hmm. um but yeah yeah no they were they were uh no they were they were great my you know they were i can't um yeah i'm i'm really happy how they uh were able to you know even though it's not their music even with the metal my dad was always like i think he respected if i did had my own mind about something and even if it wasn't what he was it was even what he was listening to or or even philosophically he respected um if if i'm genuine about something mm -hmm. um so yeah. yeah i'm grateful for that you know he wasn't he was never also with the you know with like the church thing he never uh once i turned 18 or we t we t turned 18 my siblings do we never really like tried to pull us back into church and you know he was like as long as you you know it's important that you're good human beings and uh you know it's more important than than uh belonging to a you know than going to church so mm. uh and the same with the music yeah. you know it was, he was and he made an effort to like listen to my music and stuff that i like just to understand me um me better and uh, my mom too yeah they were they were always very supportive after that first you know that moment where he walked into i still remember uh, exactly like you said i walked into the kitchen and said i'm gonna be a musician if whether you like it or not you know and i was sort of bracing myself for i was already in like a comp like battle mode um but that lasted about a week you know and then you know but yeah, that was the, we had a, a little moment there with my dad. I think somehow he saw me as working for a bank and financial institute. It was really like somehow he thought I would be good working in finance. He had this. <laughs> no, you might you was, might have been. Yeah, I mean, I was always making these lists as a kid, you know, like I was always making like uh, like google spreadsheets be before they were google spreadsheets you know just draw lines and make a you know and that's funny name i would always grade my parents and my siblings every day i would give at the end of the day i would i would make a list and would give them a grade you know <laughs> and, you know how they behave towards me and you know if they were bad you know, that is so me. funny so I, I guess in that my dad saw like uh, an accountant or something. He was like, <laughs> you'd be, you'll be an accountant, you know, you're great at doing, making these lists, giving us grades. And... That is so funny. So did they all, who, who, who often failed? <laughs> they took turns. It was always, you know, it, it, everybody had their moment, you know, so, but it was all about me, you know, it was all about like, oh, there were these, you know, mom didn't uh you know 
she gave the peppermint ice cream to my brother and I wanted to have it and then my sister was on her side so they got you know it was very ego you know I was on a, on a ego trip. funny I was a very stubborn child and you know but um but being the oldest child I mean the thing about the oldest child is they're the first one to break in the parents and the and the other siblings sort of like benefit from that so like if you broke the mold and if you went against your uh, parents wishes then it's easier for your siblings your brothers and sisters then to kind of like come up with their own ideas that didn't quite fit in with you know what they thought right so i think so i mean yeah. definitely in terms of like staying out late and so and you know the whole alcohol thing yeah i, I always got the yeah I always got to talk and then, you know, my siblings just learned through osmosis. They sort of like heard what they, my parents, you know, scolded me for. And then it was like, oh, we better not, you know, if we do that, we better keep a secret from this is, I guess this is bad. So, you know, either we don't do it or we keep it to see. So, yeah, I, I had to definitely, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, you know. To this day, I'm grateful for my older sisters because they they broke in our parents. So by the time they came around to me, they didn't have any particular or or specific expectations in terms of like what I did with my life. Um, but I also always had a very strong head on my shoulders. Like I always knew what I wanted, or 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 at least at the least I knew what I didn't want, and uh, kind of like sort of did my own thing because my parents were more focused than my older sisters. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's true. It goes, goes both ways. You know, I mean, my little sister is 16 years younger than me. So that's a by huge that gap. time, my parents were super, I feel like, I mean, from my perspective, I feel like they would just let her do whatever she wanted to do and you know that's great but i was always thinking like oh man you know my with me my parents still i don't know yeah. like didn't have the experience or still had the idealism to you know instill some uh some of their you know yeah values in me and um there was more they were definitely stricter but yeah but like you said it's it's natural you know the first firstborn gets the you know, really gets, yeah. get, gets with most of that. Well, you know, but they also, they may get the sort of like the worst of that in terms of like discipline and expectations and things like that. But they also get the most attention, you know, the most love, like, cause you know, the first child is the parent's first love, you know? And so like, um, you know, they remember everything or they remember to do everything. It's like the later children, they kind of like forget. I mean, this is extreme, but it's like, oh, it's your birthday. No, I mean, that didn't happen in my family, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say, I hope not. No, that, that didn't. <laughs> How many were you? You weren't. Four. Four. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah one less than yours. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I mean, it's, uh, yeah. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I wouldn't go that far. I mean, my, parents always gave us you know i mean they were it was important for them that we felt we're you know there's no favorite or anything you know mm. 
That's I think I still think that's you know that's well that's important. good. That's a good thing for parents to you know you yeah you don't want to have your f favorite child or anything. Um, yeah. And I yeah I don't I, you know I of course like the first one you you know you don't know how many more you're gonna have you know, that could be the only one so you know so it's kind of special you know. Um, in that respect, yeah. but uh, well, yeah, my I mean, my siblings, we all had our own head, and we were always always all very independent, and and never and you know didn't really yeah we had, yeah we had our own uh, own thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mine too. Like, I don't know how that happened. All four of us were actually quite independent. Uh, well, one of my sisters, she's probably the most sort of, she's, I wouldn't call her dependent, but she's the most, maybe not independent among all of us. Um, but um, yeah, uh, I was gonna ask you something. Now I forgot. Oh yes. So you wanna, do you wanna know what I think about your music? Oh yeah, sure. Yeah. Of course. So this is, I also, and I also want to know what you mentioned in the beginning that there's this one, this video or a song that you like. You mentioned. Oh yes, yeah. Okay, that that's you a good tell segue. Tell me what you like about that. I I have no idea what you're talking about, but like you know. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, it on me, sure. Don't. No, uh, no. So don't I. Spare me the. Uh, <laughs> the oh, uh, nitty gritty. I'm not gonna be critical because I don't know how to critique jazz music other than like, oh, I like, I think that's cool or it's not. Um, but uh, so one one day I texted you and I said, uh, you think you're a musician, but you're really a poet. And um, I don't know if you remember that. It was like a couple of years ago. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah, I texted you like, yeah, you think you're a musician, but you're really a poet. And, uh, and you responded, which is not what I expected or wanted. You responded, excuse me. <laughs> and then, and so, you know, when you wrote back, you know, that, and I was like, oh, forget it, whatever. So I decided not to respond until like maybe hours later. I was like, okay, maybe I should explain what I meant. So I did, and that's kind of like, um, you know, how I see your music or how I hear your music. And uh, so it's, it's a little related to how earlier you described it as a language. And I think that makes sense um, because I kind of, there is lyricism in your music. There is, you know, maybe it's because of the pattern and maybe it's the patterns that sort of like lend itself well to that sort of poetic, um, you know, sort of feel to it. So I kind of see your music as like um, musical poetry, if you will. Mm -hmm. But it could also be my own leanings too, because I started out as a poet. Well, I, well, I was never a poet, so like I don't know to describe myself as a poet is kind of like. Uh, maybe stretching it, but I mean, I, I started out by writing poetry and then later on turning that into songs. Um, so that's also sort of like how I look, tend to look at things 
is I, I look at, I appreciate the poetry and things. Um, and I think that's also probably why I appreciate singer songwriters more than just musical artists, like people who write their own stuff is, you know, and I really appreciate poetic lyrics. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. But yeah, but anyway, yeah, that was it. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'll take it. It's, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I like I like poetry. Um, so I was thinking, um, I kind of want to hear you play the sitar. So should we do that first, and then sure. I'll yeah. Yeah, don't uh, don't expect too much. Go easy on me. I have had three lessons so far. Um, and you're supposed to sit on the floor cross-legged, so I don't know how this is gonna, okay, how this is gonna go. I'm gonna try to play it sitting in a chair, but um, you, um, you'll get the idea of uh, what it sounds like if you yeah. heard this sitar before. Before, so, before yeah. you begin, that is not what I expected a sitar to look like. I don't know why. I don't know what I expected. That's quite okay. massive. Uh, yeah, it's it's a big instrument. Um, it has um, it's made from a gourd, as you see here. Mm -hmm. So, uh, that's a what is a gourd? A vegetable? Yeah. What yeah, it's it's a it's a cousin to pumpkin. Yeah. So that's what this is. You can. Still hear some of the seeds in there. Really? Yeah, I think so. I don't know. You can at least there's something in there. I don't know. Um, and then um, you have the neck. It's hollow. The neck is hollow. You have the, these humongous um, tuning pegs. You have a bunch of little ones, which uh, they govern the, the sympathetic strings, which you can maybe see like the little strings underneath. Mm -hmm. They just um, they just ring. You don't touch them. I mean, you can. Wow. But you don't really play them. They just vibrate. Um, it's sort of like a built-in reverb, you know. Ah. Uh... Um, so they they vibrate depending on which pitch you play on the main string. Okay. Which is, so there's really only one main string which you play. I mean, it looks like it has a million strings, but it's actually only one string that you play on. You know, on this string. So you just go up and down the neck, right? So there's a lot of sideways movement, right? You can't just play in one position like on the guitar. And the other strings, you just play them, you know, you just strum the open strings. You don't really put your finger on those strings, it's, you know, sort of like this, you know, you create your own drone. It's very uh, drone oriented music. It's not like Western music where you have these changing um, harmonies. So it stays in one. And what's on your finger? Is oh, that's, a... it's called a Mizrab. Mizrab. So it's, it's sort of like a pick that's you put it on on the finger but you know it's fulfills the same function as a as a guitar pick you know to go up and down you know. 
This is called the da stroke, and this is called the ra stroke. So you just go da ra da ra da ra. All the things have names. All the notes have names, which is great. You supposed to sing the note names while you're playing them. So, um, like I said earlier, it's a great um, lesson in how to conceptualize music, how to teach music, even for uh, for us Westerners, or well, you're not really, you're the sort of both, but um, for me, you know, uh, to get a different perspective. And, um, you know, it's a little bit like solfege, which I actually didn't grow up learning, but they have their own uh, solfege system in India. So um, let me see if I remember this. So this is a traditional composition. Uh, it's called a gut. Gut just basically means composition. composition nice and later on you know you what the masters do a lot is string bending it's like the mm -hmm. it's it's like string bending times 10 like if, if you know some string bending from the guitar but um on the sitar it's really uh, some next level you, know, you can play a whole scale just on one fret you know I can't really do it yet, but... Wow. Wow. Scale in one fret, you know, which... I mean, that takes a lot of practice, but um, I'm, I'm going to get there. You're I'm determined. You can play a whole song on just that one fret. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you really, I mean, it's, it's, I still have to um, get over it, you know, get over my fear of breaking your string because sometimes you just really putting your whole body weight into pulling on that note and it's like, yeah. Um, are they, the strings on this guitar, is it similar to the guitar string or is it completely different? The material is, is, yeah, the material it's, it's also, uh, they're steel strings. Um, they're obviously longer than on a guitar. Um, the tuning is different, but yeah, it's basically a long guitar string. Mm. 
that's what a sitar sounds like. Nice. I like it. Yeah. It's really it. cool. Makes me happy. Um, it's also interesting because like unlike a guitar, I mean this this instrument has mostly looked has looked like this for, you know, centuries. Yes. So, you know, 500, 600, 800 years. Um, I don't know ex exactly when. Um, but yeah, it, yeah. you know, like, like um, you know, the guitar comes in all sizes, shapes, and colors. And this thing just, you know, you can, they, they basically uh, all more or less the same. You can pick up any and they feel, they feel the same, you know. Um, Guitar is such a such a personal, you know. If you have an instrument, it's your personal instrument. It's you know, it's like I can't really play. I mean, I can play other people's instruments, but it's it's um, yeah. This is much more traditional. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's yeah, kind of makes me wish that I kept my original guitar, the first guitar I ever bought. I ended up throwing it away. Um, for what I thought was a good reason at the time, but uh, now I'm thinking I really should have kept it. I don't know. What uh, was it? What was what was what? What guitar? What brand? What kind of guitar? Uh, I have no idea. I bought it off the this old guy on the street. So yeah, this old man. I at the time maybe he was in his sixties or seventies, and he was on the street. He was selling his guitar for some reason and um it happens yeah and i asked him what he wanted for it and i think i he might have said 100 and i think i haggled it down to 75. <laughs> good and, and uh oh, and good. he also New Yorker. he also gave me the uh case with it um but i don't i don't think it was a full-size guitar i think it was like maybe quarter guitar because I, yeah. I think I remember it being, you know, because later on when I got other guitars, I remember like my shoulder hurting more, like playing my newer guitar than I ever remember playing the my original guitar. But anyway, um, yeah, I don't think it was expensive or anything. I think it was just some cheap guitar, but you know, it was my first, it was mine, you know. Um, yeah, I don't yeah. Know. yeah. Yeah, I think um I think it was around that time. No, I don't think I started composing right away. I think it was maybe years after, but um but you know, but I it wouldn't have a guitar in my house, so yeah, so I wanted one. Yeah. Oh well. Good. I still bucks. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't the price. It was, you know, it's like my first. I don't. Yeah. So I still think about it. Like I shouldn't have thrown it out, but whatever. <laughs> um, um, yeah, I mean, there was also, you know, there was a time when, you know, pre-internet when you could actually get a find a bargain somewhere on the flea market. I was, mm -hmm. uh, it was, you know, obsessed with uh with that thought i was i would go to flea markets to any flea market i could but you know once ebay came along people just checked and oh this is what my guitar is worth you know and then there goes your dream of ever getting a, buying a, a 1950s martin for 50 bucks you know but people used to do that you know i mean like 
Yeah. You know, another thing was um, uh, apartment when somebody gives, you know, I mean, it's kind of sad, but when somebody's grandpa dies and they have a bunch of guitars and they just don't know what they're selling, you know. Oh, yeah. You know, I, it's, it's, but, you know, now that's, that time is gone. Now it's, uh, now it's all you can find. Yeah. Find that information on the internet. So, okay. So let's do this. Let's share. Um, so I have Google browser already queued up to your YouTube channel. There you go. Mm -hmm. um, let me increase this. Let's see. I'm going to find the one. Ah, I think it's, yeah, this is the one. Oh, wait, sorry. I have to share it with sound. So let yes, me, please. let me, let me stop sharing. <laughs> I'll share again with sound. <laughs> that was, oh, oh okay. I, yeah, that was a random uh, moment in a studio. Um, or maybe, yeah, play it first and then I'll tell you the story. Yeah, we have to get past this. Finds an amazing, ad. beautiful members of the itty bitty titty oh, yeah. committee. And if you are not a member, it could just.
Yay! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was a while ago. Um, do you know that? Did you know that song, Jinji? The uh, Tom Jobim. It's a song. It's a Brazilian. Yeah, it's a Brazilian song by uh, Antonio Carlos Jobim. No, I, I didn't know that it was. Oh, so you're playing somebody else's song? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. I came up, I, it was, it was like this moment in this, I was in the studio for something else. And, um, there was just, um, all this downtime. It was a big band and I, I was like, you know, just sitting in my recording booth and that like, I don't know, half an hour, just of, um, nothing. So I, I, I just came up with that arrangement right there. And I, you know, I had this shitty phone. I mean, it was like really, you know, the, uh, the quality, the sound quality is, is, is terrible. I had, you know, um, um, so yeah, I just made, came up with this arrangement and I was like, all right, let me try I just had gotten this phone, you know, a cheap phone, recorded it and, um, and just, uh, put it online. So it was just like, yeah, yeah. or of the moment, I mean, you know, but yeah, it's, it's a standard, it's a Brazilian, uh, you know, standard so to speak tune um well now i'm disappointed that it's not yours <laughs> <it's>, <laughs> yeah. right you have to assess now you have to reassess all this, all this well time. listen to I, it you have to uh yeah i i yeah. guess like what struck me initially is like oh this is different this, this is different from your usual stuff um mm -hmm. So I thought, um, and it did kind of look like you were doing something on the spur of the moment, you know, kind of like it looked like, well, it wasn't, it wasn't your apartment. It, it looked like you were somewhere and you were just kind of like fooling around on the guitar or something, or, you know, at least that the atmosphere seemed that way. And yeah. you just kind of like came up with something on the spot and you decided to like record it on the spot. So, yeah. Um, that's, that's that's it that's what what it was yeah totally yeah and but I, um but it's not your composition although it is your <laughs> arrangement of somebody else's composition so that's that's something yeah <laughs> you could uh um that's exactly it is is there something on on your youtube channel that you want to share um uh, well i mean i think i mean or you do you want to play something on your guitar? Uh, no, not necessarily. I mean, I feel like I feel like we, you know, I mean, uh, I'm just trying to. So where's my where's my channel? Uh, no, I feel I think you can just you can just share. Uh, maybe share a link to the channel, and if somebody wants to check out some stuff, they can they can they can go there. Uh, you know, I have a bunch of stuff on there. I don't. I don't know of any particular. I I am um, I'm about to record a new album at the end of May, so I'm right now I'm in the midst of like practicing and rehearsing and arranging for that. Uh, I don't have anything of any of the new stuff up there, and you know, uh, haven't been any gigs, and I. Uh, but yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna um, post some stuff once. So after the recording, I'm gonna. Uh, do some videos from the recording and then um hopefully gigs will come back but that's yeah that's going to be my music that's basically like the culmination of the music that i wrote the last couple of years mm. um 
I I don't yeah I record an album every five years about which I should no that's not true you when was Shelter released it was like 2016 yeah, or something was, yeah that's five years so oh oh yeah you're right <laughs> right uh. um so that's you know something I I want to do more record you know release and recording more frequently so I also want to record my trio um, either later this year or next year so that it's not going to be um, every five years maybe every two years or maybe I'll put out something every year um, that's the that's the goal but um the yeah whatever is on the on the YouTube channel some of it is older music it's my own music a lot of it's my own music a lot of it's standards um trio quartet some yeah some random stuff like you just played solo uh recordings spur of the moment some some more instructional type of video uh, which is something I wanted to do more of this but it, you know mm. I'm, I might, might get around uh, to that at a later point. I feel like, I don't know if you, you probably noticed this, but um, during the pandemic, a lot of people tapped into their inner, like, educator and yeah. education channel and uh, they teach you something or other. Everyone so, and their mothers have a masterclass now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or, yeah, exactly. So, you know. And podcasts too. Uh, so I'm not doing anything so unique. <laughs> Podcast is definitely definitely a thing, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, so there's some some you know some of those kind of videos, um, but yeah, just um, people can can check it out and um, hopefully you know when when concerts come back I'll uh, you know get back to playing and uh you know hopefully have a cd release and all that stuff yeah. so you know that you know would be cool about. so you're you're a you're a professional yourself so <laughs> hardly hard, hard well definitely not on your level nowhere near uh but i i don't know i don't know that i actually call i do call myself a singer songwriter that i do claim but i don't call myself a musician because i don't think i you know I don't yet have the right to call myself a musician. Yeah, um, I mean, you, you book your own shows. You have you do we release recordings. You know, all the work that goes into it. Yeah, and, but you, know, you can relate to these. Oh these well, I, yes, I can definitely relate. Writing yeah. songs, and you know. Um, but um, anyway, so okay, so if there, um. Yeah, so everyone definitely check out uh, Sebastian's channel, Sebastian Noel. Um, I think it's also SebastianNoel.com. And you're on Instagram as well. And yep. uh, in the midst of trying to ramp up my Instagram presence in the uh, <laughs> wake of the record, you know, in, in running up to the recording and then the release. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely be posting more than I have in the last year or two which is basically nothing but yeah, there'll okay. be yeah there'll be uh yeah instagram facebook 
Twitter? Yeah, <laughs> I think. Oh, I think you're on Twitter, Twitter too. I, I no, don't even don't even go there. I yeah, yeah I never use it, but um, um and, and like I'm I'm gonna yeah like with this recording I'm def I'm gonna post stuff there too, but website yeah, SebastianNoel.com. I post my gigs there once they get. You know, once we get back to that, um, so that's that's yeah, YouTube and YouTube and Instagram. Okay, um, I actually, I, I kind of do have to wrap things up. Uh, so everyone, check out his channels. I'll have all the links in the description. Uh, but before we go, um, Sebastian, I've been asking all my guests to do this. So would you tell the audience to subscribe to my channels? <laughs> Subscribe to the wonderful JJ Coast channel, please, everybody, uh, if you haven't done so. I expect you probably have done so already, but if there happens to be one or two people that haven't subscribed, do it now. Awesome. Thank you, uh, Sebastian Noel, everyone. Thank you so much for doing this. It's, uh, it was a lot of fun. Um, you were afraid that you wouldn't last more than an hour. We've yeah. been talking for three hours. See, yeah. it goes fast. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's true. I, I yeah, I, I guess I was in a talking mood. I, I uh, but you know, like you said, I mean, time goes by so fast. So this yeah. was fun. It was great. Yeah, cool. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, so these are pre-recorded and this one will be released this Friday on the 7th. Um, and next week, actually I'm recording tomorrow with Jody, but I'm releasing his next Friday. Um, yeah, so this month is all about me actually, <laughs> my music. So by extension, that includes you and Jody. <laughs> That's how I planned this month. Uh, and then the third week we have the live stream and then the fourth week, I, I've been promoting it as a surprise, but I've also said this in a previous in previous uh, episodes. I'll be interviewing myself. Um, that's going to be interesting. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Are you do that? Are you going to have a split screen? Are you going to two versions of yourself? You gonna oh yeah, there's or... there's going to be two different versions. So this this is going to take some ingenuity. So I've been oh, trying to oh, figure oh, out the, the editing thing. Yeah. All well, right. yes, that one will have to be edited. Um, to some extent. So anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to explain to people how the right, sausage right, is yeah, made, no, sorry. Yeah, but yeah, going. but it's going to be, it's going to be kind of fun to watch. So I've been trying to figure out the logistics in my head and I think I, I pretty much have it down. It's, it's now about executing. Um, but anyway, all right. So thank you everyone. Thank you, Sebastian. Um, all right. We'll tune in next time. Okay.